It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Yeah! Well, well. What a fucking day. Honestly, Scott. Oh, you know, I've had a lot of, we have had a lot of crazy days together, and I know you've had your your time of, of nutty shit going down, doing morning shows especially when no one is around, and I've had plenty of weird occasions or technically fucked up or the computer shuts down, I have to restart, and we or got dead air. This morning, I think, takes the cake. This is probably one of the most challenging things to do was have a morning show still happen when our comp- studio is completely unusable. And that's exactly yeah. what happened this morning. Our studio became unusable completely. Well, it, it technical difficulties, right? And I mean, we talked about it earlier this week. We didn't do a Wednesday podcast because the studio was fucked up. And now we've got uh, the same issue happening with the replacement parts that were brought in to fix the issue from Wednesday. It's happening again. And it's so surreal to me because I've been doing this for over 20 years, morning radio. And one of the it it occurred to me as I was uh, dealing with these issues this morning, as we both were, that it was likely about 20 years ago that we had a similar problem way, way, way back at another station I used to work at. Oh, yeah. And my news person at the time was a great guy named Adam Robinson. Adam was also an Mm -hmm. engineer and Adam had to fix the problem. Adam no longer works in radio because he's working for the company that makes the product that crapped out on us. So 20 years later, I've got Adam Robinson again trying to get the Scott Fox Morning Show back on the radio. And to boot, my original co-host back then, Dave Blizzard, is now our boss and he's been trying to troubleshoot the whole shit. So all of us have worked together at another station at one point. Now we're all at different companies and all trying to solve the same problem. It's so weird. It's so funny that we are still a problem for Adam Robinson. Um, What, five years after we stopped working together, after he stopped working at the last station, when we became, well, we weren't even really problems, but technical issues he would fix for us constantly. And now here we are again. We're like, knock, knock, dude, we need help. Never in his life when he left the old station did he expect to get a call from us again saying hey adam we're off the air can you help <laughs> no kidding could you imagine he's like 5 30 oh. in the morning robinson we're off the air he probably had some ptsd when he saw your name pop up in an email like oh shit <laughs> what's going on what, what day ne- is it what now um yeah and also p.s i will be finally my time is now to say that it was not me that did it i know i was being blamed for this malfunction, and turns out it might be a m- huge issue, basically. So, uh, can we read some DMs before we get to the award-winning oh, content yes. that we've got in store for of you here today? Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let me start off with this one. Hey, Scott, listen to your podcast about school and the busing situation. I have two kids going into grade eight and one to be starting JK, and I'm also a school bus driver myself which my little one would come with me on my route. I've been on the fence whether I should send my little one to school or even if I would drive a bus this coming year. Hmm. Finally hearing the busing plan, it honestly hasn't changed from pre-COVID numbers. Big buses are rated for 72 passengers. I figured buses being a confined space, they would be half the capacity amount. But I also know the industry as a whole has been dealing with driver shortages for a few years now. So maybe that's why they left the capacity normal. Now that I've heard the drivers have to wear a mask and the option of a face shield when assisting kids in seats and kids get on and off. 
So not only would my kids and I be subject to the possibility of 70 people in the bus bubble and then kids have their 20-ish classroom bubble. Not to mention, because of the shortage, drivers are usually subbing for different routes in schools. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm going to be driving bus personally this year, and I'll be keeping my kids home. Too many variables, and I'm thankful to have an option. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I I feel bad for the uh, the bus drivers. They really are in a, a shitty situation. It is. It is. And it, and again, I go back to it's one of those things where you try to figure out what would be the best scenario. How do we get the kids to school in the best way, and it's not. An, I'm glad I'm not tasked with. Hey, how are we going to do this? Go ahead. I'm like, I'd be like, oh my god, I have no idea. And you brought up the fact of a sub, and I forgot about the fact for a second there, because I know a lot of supply teachers and subs. And how does that work even in the classroom and for the buses too? That's going to be interesting because then they will kind of enter that cohort in a way. And how many will will say no? There's a lot of people on call that might be like. I'm going to opt to not go into that classroom because I don't know these kids. I don't know where they've been. I'm new. So no. So that might become an issue if a teacher's out for two weeks, let's say. I feel like the there's certain people who deserve some credit. Most of the elected trustees can fuck off. They don't, they're just making the problem worse. Most of them. Uh, the administrators, the principals, vice principals, and even a lot of teachers that have been working their butts off this week to get mm-hmm. schools and classrooms ready. Great. And then it's funny because uh, there was a picture circulating on social media yesterday. A teacher took a picture of a classroom with all kinds of desks crammed into it and said, this is what we're going to have to deal with next year. You know, you're not helping either. I mean, that's just fear mongering. The classes are not done yet. And part of the problem is there is an astounding number of parents who did not respond to the survey saying whether or not their kid was coming to school or going to be distance learning for whatever reason. I don't know why those parents didn't respond, but they're really making the problem more and more complicated. It's also very much a moving target because the trustees and the the uh, superintendents and all those people keep changing the criteria and the rules for classrooms. Mm-hmm. It's a real mess. It really is. Uh, here's another one. Hey, Scott, frequent listener to 91.5 The Beat, also your podcasts. I listened to your episode about the iPhone 5G. Okay. I wanted to let you know, Android already has 5G phones, and I have the new Samsung S20. See, there you go. And Android usually is ahead of the curve on that. That's the other thing I really love about Android. And again, I'm on Apple. If you missed that podcast, I'm on Apple, but I'm such a fan of Android that I might go back to it eventually. They usually are ahead of the game, so that doesn't even surprise me. So what do they say about it? This person says, the 5G feels like you're basically using a very good Wi-Fi. Also, 5G uses basically a frequency like a microwave. That's why people say you can get sick. Anyways, I'll be listening at 5.30 and waiting for your podcast (laughs) once I finish work. You weren't listening at 5.30 because we had technical fucking difficulties today, but (laughs) that's awesome. I love that. Uh, Another one. Scott, huge fan of your morning show. I admit it. uh, I listen to it on my way to work in the morning, and I love the After 9 podcast on my way home. I've been listening to it while I'm at work, too, and listening to you and Kat has gotten me to consider going into the radio business. I'm wondering if you have any advice or tips and tricks when it comes to being on the radio. Oh, have the popcorn ready. I'm going to let you because you are the, you'd call yourself, you're a veteran. You're a veteran in this, uh, in in radio. If you call 24 years veteran. (laughs) That's a a veteran. You're a veteran (laughs) in this. I feel like I'm in the middle of my career. Maybe if if I can hack it for uh, however, 15 more years, we'll see. But I, I, we've, you've talked about your advice before when we did the Ask Anything podcast, but maybe there's people that miss it that are curious because I get that from time to time too, questions. So what would be your best answer for that? 
Okay, so if you want to get into radio, first off, Radio School is a gigantic ripoff in a lot of cases. Not all of them. Some of them are good. Some of them teach you good practical stuff. But one of the things that I've found over the years is a lot of people who come to intern for us or get hired to work with us uh, that have done Radio School don't really know what to expect in a radio studio. So I would recommend you volunteer. And one of the best ways to get those volunteer positions or those co-op positions is to take radio school. So I'm not going to completely cut its legs out from under it, um, but you really do need to volunteer. And my advice to you would be make yourself invaluable. You've got to, let's say you get a chance to work on the, uh, I don't know, the John Derringer show on Q107. You work your butt off. To the point where John can't imagine how hard his life is going to be without you. Mm -hmm. Because that makes someone like John or ourselves or whatever show go to the boss and fight to get them to keep you on. And I know a ton of people that got their start in radio because they interned or volunteered mm -hmm. and they did a good job. And and part of the problem too here is there's a lot of people with a whole lot of the, um, oh, that's not my job attitude lately yeah. uh, part of your job particularly in radio when you're interning is to do silly things like get coffee uh, listen uh, nobody likes to go and get coffee for other people it's just one of the things that you have to do because the songs are three minutes long and we can't leave so you know i mean if you get asked to do something like that my advice to you and really this applies to any business is do it with a smile and mm -hmm. you will be part of the uh, you're building towards making yourself invaluable to the point where they want to fight to keep you on. Yeah. I think that sort of stuff's very important. And also listen to a lot of radio. Uh, it's very, very seldom that just because you like hip hop music, you're going to work at a hip hop station mm -hmm. or you're a country music fan that you're going to work in country radio. It doesn't really work like that. You go where there's jobs. And if there's a job in country radio, but you're more of a top 40 person, Take the job in country radio. Yeah, like, it's, by the way, some of the best, most fun times I've had in radio. Yeah. We're doing country radio. The listeners in country, too. They have, it's a reputation, really, that country radio has. They're very, very loyal. But anyway, that aside, I totally agree with you on everything that you just said. And I will add that you everybody asks about money well i heard there's no money yeah i mean sure you're correct yeah, you're you're absolutely right um there is there money to be made if you make it if you if you do a really good job and you work your ass off and do all those things scott said to lead you to that beginning stage and then work your way up yeah there actually is there's actually a way to make money but if you're looking for that you know six figure within the next couple of years i'm going to be doing a morning show in a major market <laughs> uh yeah all likelihood that's probably not going to happen well, uh, radio's really downsizing right now, and I'm sure the pandemic is going to make it worse. Uh, one of the very popular things in radio is you don't just do one job or you don't just work on one station. Uh, there's people in this company that are on four different radio stations mm -hmm. every single day in different markets, too. Uh, they could be on in the morning in in Alberta, and then they're on in during the day in Toronto, and then they're on at night in Ottawa. And you don't know what day it is, where yeah. you're living, that sort of shit. You have to love it. And that's the the bottom line of, of all of that is that you do have to love it. You have to be like, yeah, that's awesome. I want to voice track this show over here. Voice, sorry, voice track means pre-record a show that's in another place that you're not in. So you can, we have the technology to do that. So you have to be up for those, for those jobs and say yes. You got to be a yes person in the beginning and likable. Like Scott said, you have to have a smile on your face doing it. And on the note about school, because you mentioned it, I am not going to crap all over broadcasting courses. I really am not. But I will say that there's ways to do it without being in school. 
Um, some stations, yeah, they might look at a resume and be like, well, you're in broadcasting school, so we'll probably take you over this guy who's doing nothing right now in terms of broadcasting. But, I mean, Scott never went to school for it at all. He managed to work his way up. I dropped out in my third year. Um, and I, anyway, there's there, everybody has a different story. So don't yeah. assume that you have to go in one direction. Do what's best for you. But as long as you love it, you're passionate about it, and you work your ass off when you get yourself through that door, you're going to be okay. Also, don't force yourself into a shitty situation. Uh, one of the ways that radio stations get people recruited into the industry is to offer you a position in sales. How would you like to sell radio advertising? It's it's working in radio. If you're not a salesperson and you want to be in radio because you want to be on the radio, yeah, sales can be very fulfilling and you'll certainly make a lot of money, but uh, you're not going to love it. So uh, don't take that, uh, well, they're not hiring announcers, so I'll take a job as a receptionist. Don't do that. Just move on. Just yeah. move on because you're going to hate it. Yeah. You know, you got to do what you love. Right. And, and if your passion is to be on the radio, it's very, very difficult to get those positions. But it is possible. Uh, stick around and go for that. It would be my advice, too. Or at least take that into account. Uh, next DM. Guys, I'm listening to your podcast about defacing and removing statues. Mm-hmm. We have a debate going here in Aurelia. There's a statue of Samuel de Champlain. That's become a topic. What did he do? <laughs> what did have, he do now? <laughs> there have even been protests by First Nations for it not to go back up after being refinished. There are also complaints that the cannons in our park are aimed across the lake at the reserve. It has really come down to what seems to be a difference of interpretation, which I believe everyone is entitled to. I agree with you. That we need to do a better job teaching Canadian history. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that some people just don't know much about, myself included. But I make the effort to educate myself about Canadian history. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for that. And it wasn't a shot at the school system. But we do need to do a better job at teaching Canadian history. And you know what? Maybe you'll learn whatever you'll learn. And you'll still feel, yeah, there's no problem with those Sir John A. Macdonald statues. Maybe you'll uh, learn some of his history and think, "Mm, yeah, maybe we don't need them these days. And whatever you decide is totally up to you. But at least know the history before you go and try and rip a statue out of uh, a park. In Quebec or Ontario or wherever. I mean, that's the world we live in, though, isn't it? Everybody just talks and doesn't take the time to research or reflect or look or or, or whatever. Read into it. They just want to automatically put their opinion out there when they don't know all the details. And I will take a shot at the curriculum. I'm glad that there's changes coming here in Ontario where we are. I'm glad that there's changes being made. But there are so many more that need to be done. The curriculum's really just, it's shitty. It's not very good. And I've thrown math under the bus before, which is thankfully changing in some areas. And I've, I will throw... I've heard really good things about the new math curriculum, so by the way. I'm so happy it's changing. Like, I've, I've, I've talked about that for years. It's just horrible. And it, what, it's, what it does to kids and and students in as a whole it can hold people back that shouldn't be held back just because they can't do something that they'll never do again in their life anyway we're not talking about math but we are talking about history and history is one of those things and i'm i will fully admit just like uh the person who sent you a dm i'm with you i don't know much about it but what i will do is i've learned to stop take a look at it do as much research as possible before i come up with my opinion let alone throw it all over social media which is also a major issue totally is uh next one On radio, again. Hey, Scott, I listened to your National Radio Day podcast episode of After 9. I think you may be a bit biased because you've been in the business for so long. Radio is in trouble, despite what some people would like to admit. Spotify is making a big push forward in the podcast game, and it's very strategic. 
As for your comment about the fact that it's free and that a podcast won't tell you about an accident on the roads or on the weather, you're correct. But people can get that information instantly by looking at their phone or infotainment system. Why wait and sit through commercials to get that information? It was once relevant, but not anymore. Appointment listening is done. Ask someone under 25 what their preset is, and they can't tell you. That's because they're using ride shares, aux cables, and Bluetooth. Hmm. Thoughts, Kat? Okay, so yeah, I mean, there's there's some younger people who don't who don't touch the radio. But to be fair, there's a lot of younger people that are completely out of touch. I think that I I mean, I do see the importance in it, and I'm not trying to be biased at all. Do I think radio is the same? Uh, no, not at all. Um, even when I started it 15 years ago, it's changed a lot. Would I recommend? Let's say my kid one day told me I want to be in radio. Let's say she was old enough to figure it out. You know what I'd say to her? No, you don't. Uh, no, nope. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and try to steer you on a different path here because I don't think you want to do it. So I'm not at all. Neither of us are in the dark when it. We get it. We understand where this is going. Why do you think we do a podcast? You know, like we get it. We understand that there's more to to that there is more options out there for people and getting on those trains getting onto the podcast and doing everything else really helps your listenership and to be fair though radio is doing their best to keep up with it you know when social media became a big thing radio got on that radio's found a way to make money off of that radio's found a way to make money off of you listening on your phone radio's found a way to make money off of personalities like myself and scott doing podcasts and doing other things so you know there's something to be said for Radio is making changes to make it relevant as time goes by. But I don't think it's going anywhere. I'll, st- I'll stick by that. I, I really do. Listen, there's no shortage of people starving for content. And while people's attention spans have definitely declined over the past couple of decades, uh, there's still room for all the different mediums, whether it's streaming music on Spotify or uh, uh, listening to talk radio on an app, or whether it's watching Netflix, or whatever. There's so many different ways that you can consume content, and radio's one of them. And no, radio's not going anywhere. Uh, A whole bunch of things here for this weekend, but you know what, we'll just keep it short. People have got to go. It's right. It's a long weekend. <laughs> it's it's Friday. I know. And um, we appreciate you guys for uh, for checking out the podcast on a Friday. Um, and we are going to have a best of one coming out on Monday. So if you're one of those poor fuckers who's got to work on Monday, <laughs> you uh, you can have something to listen to. Uh, Tuesday we will be back with regular podcasts and I'll be honest with you everybody because of the technical issues um, we actually did a longer podcast than you're hearing right now but computers suck Yeah, or maybe it's just had, ours I don't know we basically had to redo an entire new podcast over again to um, yeah it's today is just I, I just want to pretend it never happened <laughs> it's been so crazy so bad uh, let's see here. Uh, maybe we'll bring some of these things back. Uh, uh, we had uh, the quadruplets. Oh, yeah. There's a, a couple that did such a great thing. I mean, anybody who wants to adopt is incredible in my books. I have so much time for anybody who wants to adopt. Mm-hmm. There was this couple in Pennsylvania. They had one kid and they wanted more. They couldn't. So they were willing to do what a lot of people aren't. A lot of people, when they adopt, they they basically shop, right? Like they just want the perfect brand newborn and stuff like yeah. that. But not every kid that needs to be adopted is a newborn or uh, comes from the right situation. But they were willing to take in four siblings, mm-hmm. four kids that's that incredible. needed to be adopted. I mean, like, and that's amazing. So I've got so much respect for this family. But the only problem with this is shortly after they adopted these four kids, they found out she was pregnant. And it's quadruplets. Ah! <laughs> that is 
the last thing you want to hear. But what I mentioned was I hear these stories. So we hear these stories so often. And maybe it's all in your mind. Maybe it's all coincidence. But the moment that you stop thinking about the fact that you want babies, that's when you hear those stories about the, they get pregnant. It just happened recently with a friend of mine where she was going through the foster, uh, the whole foster program. She had to do all of the due diligence ahead of time. She was almost there because she figured, that's it. I can't. I've done the IVF thing. I've tried, tried, tried. Can't get pregnant. And lo and behold, thankfully, right before she started fostering, especially for kids, that's insane, uh, or adopting, she found out she was pregnant. I feel like there is something to that, Scott. Like, I feel like there's something to that. Sometimes when you take your mind off something and you stop focusing on it so much, and especially when it gets stressful for people, well, women get pregnant. I hear these stories all the time. Yeah, I've... Uh, uh, a lot of people get pregnant when they're not trying to. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, it's a good chunk of the population, I suppose. It's happened to me twice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, that you're a mistake, kids. Not that no, you're a mistake. No. no. Oh, yeah. We planned it out the whole time. I don't That's understand. That's one of the worst lies that parents tell their kids. I- oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone, first of all, well, when it comes to me, I'm the third after twins, a boy and a girl. So you would think that's the perfect family, right? You got a millionaire family going on. Then less than two years later, you pop out another child. Everyone assumes I was an accident. My mom swears up and down I was not, but she also really loves kids, so I tend to believe her. My kids were super planned. Like, I can't believe it. And I really probably should have gotten pregnant before I had the two of them because I was careless at times. But uh, lo and behold, when I wanted to have them, exactly happened. So, all right. Well, seriously, though, I mean, since it came up, why are we like that with kids? Why do we always have to give kids this oh yeah you were planned and blah 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 like maybe the kids should know the truth yeah. well dad was drunk and mom had fi- hadn't figured out a new way to say no and boom here you are nine months later that's right like you know there's a lot of stories uh the ways that it happened well you know we were at a wedding and we were drinking and well you came around nine months later uh oh boy we uh, uh i don't know i i didn't think you could get pregnant that way but here you are you know like just be honest with the fucking kid yeah, it's not pretty, right? Like, it's some stories are not pretty, and that's the truth of it. But you ended up okay, I, I'm assuming. So learn the story. I'm I'm still trying to beg my mom. Tell me, tell me the truth. Am I an accident or not? But no, apparently not. Well, apparently, Dad doesn't know when to pull out, and here you are. <laughs> Just to get to the dirty details. <laughs> Dad hasn't figured out how his own dick works yet. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be honest with my kids, but everybody else should. I'm just being very, very hypocritical now. (laughs) Maybe one day, you know what I mean? You guys will be a few drinks in and you'll tell the tales. Yeah, you never know. You never know. know. Um, uh, Let's see here. I'm trying to figure out if there's anything else I want to talk about. Uh, Don't forget the liquor store is closed uh, on Monday for some archaic reason. Um, If you need booze uh, from the LCBO, you've got to go and shop by Sunday. If you just want beer, you can still find that in some places because our government likes to make it as confusing as possible mm-hmm. before a long weekend. It's They sure do. They're still, are they opening, aside from this Monday, are they back open on Mondays? Weren't they closed on Mondays for a long, long time? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, the LCBO is closing because it's a holiday and because it's government run. But then you've got the beer store, which is owned by the Consortium of Brewers, who's decided, yeah, we're going to open up most locations. Like the profitable ones or the most profitable ones or convenient ones, they're going to be open on Monday. Because we have a weird double-ended system that doesn't really work for anybody. I love going to the provinces where you can get the beer and the wine and all the things that you want at any store and usually for a lower cost. I love that about going to, I don't know, Alberta or when I went to Quebec to like any of those places where you can do that. 
I'm all for Or in the States, too. In the States, they have entire stores the size of Old Navy that are just about booze. And yep. I mean everything booze. So you get one aisle, you get all the wines from here, there, and there. You go to the next aisle, it's all the stuff that goes with it. So you get your, like, you get charcuterie boards, you can buy wine corks and glass. You name it. If it has to do with drinking alcohol, this superstore has everything. When I went to Florida and I found it for the first time, I forget the name of it. It was like heaven on earth. I wish we had that kind of stuff here. You know, I mean, you can go into your average, regular, run-of-the-mill grocery store in America. You can go into fucking Wegmans in America and find wine that you would only find in Ontario in the vintages section at the LCBO. Because they have so much stuff that they can carry there. Yeah. Here, we're so limited. And we're limited to whatever the purchaser for that particular location or region decided to order. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating how little choice we have. Hey, I don't know if Doug Ford listens to this podcast. I have a sneaking suspicion that someone in his office does. You want to work on something when the pandemic's over? Or you want a little side project while you're dealing with COVID? Open up the liquor market in this province. Let anybody who wants to open up a business be able to open up an LCBO franchise. I'd love you that. Can, you can sell them as franchises. You can just plain sell it off and privatize it and just enjoy all the tax money and not have to spend the insane overhead that the LCBO currently comes and with because pay. it's run by the government. They also pay very good. Sure they do. Yeah. Sure. But you know what? Let that be a business person's opportunity. All the cannabis stores are privatized. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Since we opened up all the private shops, I don't see as many people going to the government run one. And that's kind of the way it should be. There's no reason that the government should have a monopoly on that sort of shit. Yeah. yeah. Let's private. Like I don't want to say privatize the LCBO because people are afraid of yeah, privatizing. They hate that word because they don't understand it. Yeah. But that's essentially what we should do. Let private people who want to invest their own money open and operate a business and take that tax money and give it to the government like any other business in the world. You know what I find myself doing more and more is the stuff I really like if I have, but everybody has like their core drinks, I think, right? When you hit a certain age, you know what you like. Because when you're younger, you're testing things, you're figuring things out. Maybe you start to like wine a little bit. When you know, you know. And I'm at that stage where I'm like, I know my course. I know what I like when it comes to rye. I know what I like when it comes to wine. So I like to go straight to the source now. So if I like a certain wine, I will attempt to ship it from that winery and just get like a box at a time. Well, I mean, we can't even import in some cases without going through a licensed no. importer exporter. Yeah. Either way, they're going to make some dough. Too. It's stupid. It's really fucking dumb. Uh- <laughs> anyway, maybe we should end this because I don't even know if this is going to take or not because that's the kind of day that we've been having. Oh, it's been hell, everybody. Listen, have yourselves a fantastic long weekend, and we will be back here with a new edition of After 9 on Tuesday. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.